1: Well, good morning. How are y'all doing over there, Dr. Hanson? Good morning, Shannon. Everybody, welcome aboard. Excited to be here on Friday, August 11, 2023 for the Archive with Dr. Jonathan Hanson and the crew at World Ministries International. Dr. Hanson, welcome back, and would you like to open us up in prayer?
2: Father God, thank you again for this day, this opportunity we have right now. Thank you, dear God, that Omega Man Radio warning programs go around the world. We have an opportunity, dear God, to make disciples of the nations. We have an opportunity to warn the nations, to be able to prepare them for what is about to happen. Father God, let us be truly your disciple, your ambassador, to warn, to give reflection, inspiration, direction, protection, strategy to all of those, dear God, that will listen. To those that have ears, let them hear. What the Spirit of God is saying, what the Word of God is saying, so that in these times ahead we're not taken off guard, we're not blindsided, but we're prepared emotionally, physically, spiritually, for the onslaught of demonic forces that are going to be unleashed and are right now, constantly, dear God, having more and more authority and power because of what people are giving them. Help us, dear God, to really do battle against Satan in these days. His forces, heavenly hosts, as we release them to battle demonic forces, but we must battle evil men with the gospel, with truth. Nothing else will save our nations unless we're true ambassadors. And if we don't become true ambassadors, there's no hope for any nation. So help us in these times, dear God, that those that are tuning in right now. Listen carefully. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've got a great program today. I've got Apostolic Leader Eric Hurd over Sons of Issachar as well as Pastor uh, Tobias Nehemiah. He'll be with me on this first one. I think you'll find it interesting. And then the second one I'll be sharing on really, I believe, the attitude, the the personality of Jesus Christ, which he expects his followers to become. It's not just a nice little storybook, the Bible, that says, hey, that's nice, that's great, but I'm not Jesus. Well, you're supposed to be like Jesus. I'm tired of these cop-out excuses. That's Jesus. Well, that's supposed to be you if you're going to see Jesus one day. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We are supposed to become like Christ and we're supposed to do his works on earth. The problem in our nations is we're not becoming as Christ. We're not doing his works. Listen carefully. Truly, let's become as Jesus Christ and do great exploits. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome all of you that are watching or listening to the warning program. Special guest in the studio, Bishop Tobias Nyamoya from Kenya, East Africa. He's been on my team since 1987. Uh, he was one of the pastors in my church when I started a mega church over there. And uh, now he's the director of our Bible school, as well as on the board of Pentecostal Holiness and Pastors at Church. So, uh, Tobias, welcome back. Thank you for having me, sir. And Eric Hurd, Apostolic Leader, Sons of Issachar. Uh, He's been uh, with me for many years also. Not as many years as Pastor Tobias, but a long time. So, uh, Amen. 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 Welcome, Eric.
3: It's always a pleasure, Dr. Hanson, Mister Tobias.
2: Thank you, sir. Yeah, in fact, Eric knew Tobias when he took a mission trip with me to Africa, oh. and he was with, uh, with me over there in our offices, and uh, actually, you were with me when we went to a uh, very large national uh, conference, Crusade of the Messiah. You remember that?
3: Man, that was outstanding. Praise God.
2: Yeah, I looked at the pictures the other day, and uh, I was dancing around that platform, and and you were right there with me.
3: Hallelujah. Amen. Rejoicing in the Lord.
2: Amen. Amen. Okay, Eric, now, I know that uh, we are in perilous times. I just did a message on Father, forgive them. And ladies and gentlemen, if you... Did not see or hear that message, go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, because uh, it's an important message on the attitude of God himself, uh, the personality, the characteristics, and what actually he expects uh, from each and every one of us that call ourselves Christian. Eric? Uh,
3: Yes, sir, because the scripture tells us and Jesus taught us, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold, so it's very important for us to return to our first love and to really understand the teaching of Jesus Christ. Because these are perilous times. The Bible also lets us know. The Apostle Paul lets us know that se- evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, worse, deceiving and being deceived. So we're right here at the door. It's the last lap I, I see is the, the last lap right now. We have to endure. We have to keep our love strong, and uh, so we can hear, "Well done, thou good and faithful
2: servant." And again, those words, Father, forgive them. Now, he was he was saying that actually to his enemies. Uh, his enemies that had just put him on the cross, also the religious leaders that were mocking him, responsible for putting him on the cross, turning him over to Pilate, making charges against uh, him to Pilate, uh, the Romans. And so uh, the Romans only understood vengeance. That was their God. Uh, the, the Hebrews uh, only understood an eye for an eye but uh, what Jesus was saying is, he was giving uh, the, the fullness, the understanding, the interpretation, the meaning, because all through the Old Testament, there's mercy, grace, and love, and forgiveness all through there. Some people say it's, it, 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 grace came in the New Testament. No, 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 no. Uh, King David would have been executed. He was a murderer and an adulterer, and we could, the list goes on and on. But uh, there was mercy and grace and love all the way through the Old Testament. Eric?
3: Yes. Well, by this, love and forgiveness is the anthem of heaven. We have to forgive. We're commanded to forgive our enemies. But, you know, today in the church, the organized church, Christians can't forgive one another, let alone their enemies. So this is a distinct mark of a Christian because the same spirit that was working then is working today The same spirit that hated Jesus is the same spirit that hates his children and the world today. And that spirit is becoming more stronger, the spirit of Antichrist.
2: Now, I'll make a point of, uh, I'll just go into about a paragraph of my message that I spoke. You know, Jesus never granted pardon except to individuals on a petition of faith, just as he did to the thief on the cross who repented to Christ. Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus has never granted a mass pardon to a crowd of non-repentant sinners regardless of their ignorance or guilt, but neither does he hate them or want vengeance on them. Jesus loves them and wants them to repent before they die so they can avoid eternal judgment, which is part of the justice of God that hates sin. After death, there is no more. Father, forgive them for they know what know not what they do they have had a lifetime to respond to the grace of God and repent the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 and other places that all men have an opportunity to know God and follow him so Jesus is basically saying father God give them a chance to repent do not allow your angels to destroy them right now To save your son. Jesus was requesting that condemnation of their sin be held in abeyance until they have the true meaning of what they are doing, until they know it. It was not a request for a cancellation of the consequences of guilt, but a request for the postponement of the consequences. Eric?
3: God's love is so, so powerful, so beyond our understanding, uh, Bishop and Pastor uh, Dr. Hansen, that... He gives us time and time and time again. One thing I heard and I shared with my family was that I heard there is no excuse. The gospel has been preached, uh, even with those who say they're Christians, but do not follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, if any man love me, he will keep my words. This is the acid test. So that love, unfortunately, is going to run out. And shall we continue in sin that grace may abound, God forbid? So time is winding up for grace. Uh, people have heard, I'm sure, the message. No one will go to hell um, uh, haphazardly. They'll know exactly what they have done. And all the time they rejected the good news and the good message of Jesus Christ. There'll be no excuse on that day.
2: And like you mentioned, many times Christians have a hard time to forgive, even when they repent. But yet Jesus is telling us by his own examples, hey, I'm saying don't destroy these people that are killing me. Give them a chance. I still love them. Give them a chance to repent. And and that should be the Christian's attitude. We don't hate. We're supposed to love even our enemies.
3: Well, we're supposed to also speak the truth in love. And this is how we're not to uh, debate endless, endless, uh, 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 debates with people we need to love them see even if you have to correct people I've learned over the years and if they know it's coming from a heart of love then they they can draw close to you and so um, we need to change our approach um, yet we can be stern but yet that love always permeates to the heart and so I was explaining also uh, to my family some other people I said you know uh, unforgiveness and these attitudes are not making it making it, making it, it into heaven. Heaven's not going to have these same attitudes of the carnal flesh uh, permeating uh, the gates of heaven. So we have to learn here. And one thing I've always practiced, even when it gets a little hard to forgive a person, even if you're not guilty or you didn't do anything wrong, Jesus Christ said, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. So I've learned it over the years when it got a little tough and I didn't want to, I wanted to hold a little grudge. That scripture of the Lord came back to me. He says, you forgive them as I have forgiven you.
2: Well, that is so true. I know I'm, I'm teaching MJ, my son. We say the Lord's Prayer, Eric, morning and night. And I'll just, you know, Amen. say quickly, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. I use the word sins instead of trespasses or or debts because he's so young. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others of their sins. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, power and glory forever. Amen. But I want him to learn to forgive uh, because that's the only way God will forgive him. Eric?
3: That's right You know And I do say This Lord's Prayer Every day in the morning And so it's a Brand new slate (laughs) So you say it Every day It's a brand new slate Every day Every morning That's the first thing I hit my knees And and I say because uh, It it cleanses And it removes um, The uh, bitterness Uh, You know Because bitterness The root of bitterness Is very very uh, damning If a person Allows bitterness Bitterness can also Affect the bones And the health of people Mm. So I do say the Lord's Prayer every morning, and it gives me a new slate every day. Every day is a wonderful day. His mercies are new every morning. So I want to start out with a fresh slate. Praise God. I don't want to offend anyone. Bless the Lord. I want to have a wonderful day and a wonderful evening and wake up and do it again the next day.
2: Well, I find it so uh, interesting that you start your day like I do. We've never talked about it, and uh, I learned it because my father did it with me. And so I'm passing it on to my son and, uh, yeah, right. and my my young blood son and my spiritual son above. I, I see you. See, Eric Amen. is my spiritual son, and I'm glad that uh, he's doing the same thing I'm doing. And let me bring you into this conversation, well, you know, Pastor Tobias. I mean, uh, you you know, Father, forgive them. And you also wrote an article on mercy and grace because I asked you to. And uh, what do you say about all of this?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Forgiveness is, is is key to a Christian walk. Uh, I was talking to a lady this morning and she was telling me, you know, I can't forgive because they've hurt me so much. I just can't let it go. But I think it is important that we know Jesus told them, Father, forgive them while he was just waiting to be crucified. I mean, it's, it's just as crucial as that.
2: We need forgive. Forgiveness is needful. Eric, you were going to say something?
3: Yeah, I was saying that because they asked the disciples that asked Jesus, says, teach us to pray. He says, when you pray, say it, say this. And so it's very important to hear yourself say that. And what it does, it releases people and it releases you. Yes. Some people, uh, you know, they want to hold grudges and not knowing that it's hurting them because God cannot respond to their prayers if they're harboring unforgiveness so important. And as the days are so evil right now. It's so important that we forgive. I mean, people are being shot and killed, and lawlessness all over the place. People are being mugged, and we have to forgive because it's the currency. I remember the uh, uh, testimony years ago where a lady she had been raped by a guy, thrown into a ditch. Long story short, it was raining, muddy. She was in the ditch, and the Lord appeared to her and told her that, you know, um, I can't forgive you if you do not forgive this individual. I can't forgive you. And she struggled for a while. And then ultimately she said, I forgive him for this, this sin against me. And so I've learned over the years that sin is, a—I mean, excuse me, that forgiveness is a decision. It's an act of the will. It's, it's not a thought. I mean, the thoughts are there because the thoughts will be recurring at times. And it's not an emotion. It's a choice. So you can forgive a person instantly. It doesn't take days or years. It's just a choice you make to be obedient to what the Lord has said, and then uh, uh, the love of Christ can be restored to you and the person who did the, uh, the offense.
2: Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you just tuned in, you're watching, listening the warning program. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, the president of World Ministries International and Eagles Saving Nations. Sitting beside me is Bishop Tobias Nyamwaya from East Africa, Kenya. And above, you see apostolic leader Eric Hurd, Sons of Issachar. Uh, That is so true, Eric. Now, I want to touch on some news. It says Edmund Mann says cheap drug for dogs cured his cancer. What about this, Eric?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, I work with a medical doctor. Um, I don't know if you remember Dr. Wayne Nickens. And he was telling me this about, you know, about this de- horse pace or the de- dewormer years ago. And so what I found out, too, as well, Dr. Hansen, recently is that Albert Bola of uh, the Moderna, he was a ve- he's a ve- veterinarian. He's a veterinarian. So he knows the power of ivermectin because it kills worms. It kills parasites which they're now looking at, could be the cause, they're still looking into it, of cancer. So they had to debunk ivermectin, Bola being a veterinarian who gives this stuff out. And this is why they uh, doggedly uh, came against ivermectin and and, um, hydroxychloroquine.
2: Wow. Amazing. Wow. I tell you what, we're in a sinister evil world. That uh, they're trying to depopulate the world, and they would rather lie about real cures uh, because they don't care about life. They want to depopulate. They they care about if you want to say Mother Earth and uh, climate control, Mother Earth, and not people, not people. I know, I know, over here, uh, very close to me, there's a sanctuary for pigs. And uh, these pigs can live all of their days until they die. And they have no fear of being eaten uh, because they, they, uh, they love animals. But I'm sure they let you and I die, Eric. But that pig, and there's a lot of them, and big old fat hogs. I'm telling you what, they can live all of their days without fear. Eric?
3: Well, I know over in India, right, I think in India, you know, the cow is sacred. You know, while the people are starving, they, they let the cow, you know, live. But it's a, it's a sinister, it's the devil. That's what it's the devil you, you can't really make it up. He hates human beings because why? Because we represent God. He and so he to hurt God, he has to hurt us. These people are demonic. They are demonically possessed and with this agenda. And if you really look at the agenda, it's all about this final battle. Oh, we see a lot of skirmishes going on with all the. World Economic Forum, the United Nations. They're just tools to, to prepare for the uh, final battle to the return of Jesus Christ.
2: German MEP Christine Anderson on the planned totalitarian power grab that was sold to us as a pandemic. Eric?
3: Oh, yes, I love this lady. She's a fireball over there in Europe, and she's saying that we're going to fight, okay, people understanding that all this is about the power grab, total global Tyranny, Not just, you know, from other nations having tyranny, uh, tyranny. it's now this is the global one world religion, one world political system, and one world financial system.
2: Yeah, she says it's pretty soon uh, occurred to me that this has nothing to do with public health. They simply wanted to see how far would the people allow them to take away their freedoms. I mean, you and I have been saying that.
3: Yeah, well, they want to come with uh, another pandemic uh, You know, you got Bill uh, Gates uh, They're already uh, programming and, uh, you know, pre lobbying this next uh, so-called pandemic called X So again, people have to say no, we're not putting up with it Thank God he's exposed these things And we just have to say no And we're not taking your juice And we're not taking anything else But they're trying to put it now, Dr. Hansen, in the water they want to put it in the food. They want to inject the uh, the meat now. These people are insane.
2: Wow. I'm reading another headline news. It says, why is the European Union pan- panicking about the coup in Nigeria? It says the European Union was planning for a $25 billion gas pipeline in Africa that would run from Nigeria to Morocco. In the long term, the 5,600-kilometer pipeline would fuel 11 countries along the African coast on its way to Morocco and then be connected to the energy system of Spain or Italy. But this pipeline was planned to pass through Niger, whose new authorities do not share their predecessor enthusiasm for relations with Europe. Eric?
3: Well, for years, our beautiful brothers and sisters over in Africa, they have so many resources You know, and they want to keep the people impoverished. That's how they, you know, that's how they control them. And so um, you have some very strong and very bold and very courageous young men now saying enough is enough. We're tired of the control. We need to control our own resources. Africa is rich in so many things over there. And now Russia is partnering with Africa. And so forgiving debts uh and, and uh, that of not nations so again um you know the tide is changing thank god for that but they have to be very careful because you know the CIA and all these other uh, agencies uh you know they're not going to just let them do that uh
2: you know freely you know it says quebec already passed force mandatory vaccination of all the population eric well again uh they want to control the west and so uh you know they've
3: had australia they got uh, what you got, um, Europe nations, and you also have Canada. Canada is totally under tyranny under uh, Trudeau. And so, again, people have to make a decision. If someone comes to me in my house saying that you want to force me, and which they're going to have to try to do now because people are waking up right now, they just can't just do it through the mind control that they had for a couple of years. So, basically, now uh, that's assault. You come, we know it's a deadly weapon, we know it's a bioweapon now. And so, therefore, uh, you have a right, as we talked about before, to defend yourself.
2: You know, here's a list of employees not requiring their employees to get vaccinated. Not. It says, one, the White House. Two, Congress and staff. Three, Supreme Court. Four, the CDC. Five, the FDA. Six, the WHO. Seven, Moderna. Eight, Pfizer-BioNTech. Nine, USPS ballot services. Ten, Covid test lab industries, plus all illegal immigrant invaders, countless hidden elite figures—all of these people that are guilty <laughs> of of wanting to depopulate and kill you and I—now they get a pass, Eric.
3: Well, they get the saline solution. They get the placebo. That's what they get. <laughs> well, you we also we so we, kill the users, either,
2: huh? I've always been saying that Biden ain't taking no ve- real vaccination. Yeah. He might be yeah, but dumb. but they're still lining up. They're still pushing it. They're still pushing it, Dr. Hansen. I know it. People Bi- still are that. You know, Biden might be dumb, but he's got handlers around him that will protect him.
3: Yeah, yeah. Because if he would have those shots, he'd
2: have been gone by now. We should only pray that he takes those shots. <laughs> and let him meet his eternal reward a little earlier.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Just like with Bola, with the uh, Moderna, they they found out that he didn't take the shot. Then he was saying, oh, he didn't want to cut the line. He want to get before other people.
2: You know, medical experts, medical experts warn COVID vaccines may be triggering turbo cancers. The term turbo cancer is commonly attributed to aggressive cancers following the COVID vaccination. These cases, cases often present in a late stage and quickly turn fatal. Eric?
3: Well, you, you know, it's really sad, Dr. Hansen, because they're gaslighting the people. And so if you had any pre-existing health issues, it makes it worse because now you have put these toxins into the body and the body can't release these toxins enough. And so uh, people are just dropping, they're dropping in their sleep, athletes are dying, we already covered that, thousands of athletes right now are dying. Okay, and they don't know what the cause is, okay? And they can't figure out what happened. So again, um, it's really sad that the people are not rising up. Not only that, the children are miscarriaging, women are miscarriaging now, It's it's a mess. But I think they're putting pressure on these uh, pharmaceutical companies now. I know they had a hearing over in Australia and they're drilling them and they can't come come up with any answers.
2: Says CDC confirms COVID vaccination caused shocking 338 time increase in cancers and AIDS associated diseases. Official data made available by the United States government and Centers for Disease Control strongly suggests that Fully vaccinated Americans may be developing acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. I'll tell you, Eric, uh, they purposely, I believe purposely, want to depopulate and kill us. Well, they
3: told us. Now it's not a conspiracy theory anymore. They already told us. Bill Gates has told us. uh, Who else? World Economic Forum saying we got to eat bugs. Not only that, World Economic Forum forum leader said that we have to... uh, eat our waste, and drink
2: our urine. Well, I'd like to invite Bill Gates to my house and I'll give him a plate of bugs that I dig up for him. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching, listening to the the warning program with Apostolic Leader Eric Hurd, Sons of Issachar, Tobias Nehemiah out of Kenya, East Africa, and Dr. Jonathan Hansen, President of World Ministries, International Eagle Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org, worldministries.org. Join Eagle Saving Nations. Give us a good donation so we can stay on your local program. You can telephone 360-629-5248. Eric, thank you for being on the program today. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Bishop, thank you.
4: Thank and, you so much, Eric.
2: And you're welcome here, Eric. You need to come soon. Amen. God, God bless you. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the... President of World Ministries International, as well as Eagle Saving Nations. Go to my website, worldministries.org, and see what Eagle Saving Nations is all about. But it's to have another great awakening in a nutshell. We've got to once again have the power of God come down. Christians go forth with power and authority. There needs to be a nationwide repentance, or this nation is coming under judgment. Let me tell you, we've got to have another great awakening. Now, we're in our college chapel here at World Ministries International. This is a special service on a Friday night because we're in a parade tomorrow, all representing our Savior. So this is a special service. I'm I'm going to be speaking on, we could classify it as God's personality, what our personality should be like, what the Lord wants it to be like. I've actually had a man named Pastor Tobias Nehemiah, who's worked with me since 1987. He was part of my church that we developed into a mega church in Kenya. And he, I asked him to write an article on this area of God's personality. And I wrote an article. It's going to be coming out. If you don't get my free monthly pastoral articles, you can call 360-629-5248. Or worldministries.org and request to be part of the free mailing list. Now, the first part grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And I wrote, Father, forgive them. Grace, mercy, and forgiveness. The dictionary defines grace as unmerited, divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification, virtue coming from God, approval, favor, or privilege. Grace, therefore, is the disposition to act or instance of kindness. Once again, coming to you live from our chapel here at World Ministries International, this is a live audience with children. On the other hand, mercy comes from the Latin word mersed or mercies, which means price paid. It has a connotation of forgiveness, benevolence, and kindness, It is by God's mercy we do not receive the punishment we deserve because God's mercy extends his forgiveness when we repent of our sins. He is merciful and forgives us. The mercy of God. Sometimes we may pray, quote, God have leniency on my soul, unquote. Or sometimes we may proclaim, quote, God have mercy on me, unquote. Through all the ages, God's mercy is not only given to the children of Israel, but to all those who come to God and accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. God extended his mercy to Saul, who was later called Paul. He was the persecutor of the church. He hated Christians because he thought they were wrong. But on the Damascus road, God struck him with blindness. Despite being blinded, Saul continued to Damascus. He later repented of his sins, and God restored his sight. God had mercy on him. God can have mercy on us when we come back to him. In the Bible, there's many exhortations of mercy. One example is found in Matthew 5, 7. Quote, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Unquote. Also in Luke 6, 36 through 37, quote, be merciful just as your father is merciful. And in verse 37, we read, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. You know, this is very important, ladies and gentlemen. I know you can read it. I know we can speak it. But you need to understand we must do it. All of this will give you peace. Peace. All of this will give you joy. All of this will create unity in. And if you don't do it, you are destroying yourself, your emotions, your mind. You'll be a basket case. and You actually open doors for demons to torment you. We must not only receive mercy from God, we must give mercy to others. Mercy extends farther to acts of compassion in which lend a hand to the needy around us. Allow me to mention this by saying From, name withheld, quote, Rivers do not drink their own water. The sun does not shine on itself. Trees do not eat their own fruit. Flowers do not spread their own fragrance for themselves. Nature is an example of living for others. We are all born to help each other, no matter how difficult it is. Life is good when you are happy, but much better when others are happy because of you. I hope you caught that. Life is better when others are happy because of you not just you're happy well you can be happy but that sort of can be a real selfish thing where we don't care about the other person being happy we need to care god extended his act of mercy to us therefore let us also love forgive and care dear brethren we deserve nothing good from god god does not owe us anything the good we experience from God is the result of the grace of God, Ephesians 2.5. Grace is simply defined as unmerited favor. God favors us. He shows us approval and kindness in blessing us with good things that we do not deserve and could never earn. Common grace refers to the blessings God bestows on all mankind, regardless of their spiritual standing before Him. Well, saving grace is that special blessing whereby God sovereignly bestows unmerited divine assistance upon his elect for the regeneration and sanctification. Now, the forgiveness of God. We are to forgive like Christ has forgiven us. As I bring this discussion to a close, again, as I shared two articles, I wrote one. I asked Pastor Tobias to write one. They'll be going out in my next pastoral article. Now, I've been reading from his article, although I've been expounding a little bit on it, sharing it, embellishing it, unwrapping it a little bit. But the key to a healthy relationship with God is to love other people. To love other people. That's the key to a healthy relationship with God. You cannot be angry with your brother and say you love God. I hope you caught that. There's a problem because we're supposed to extend mercy and grace immediately. And when we extend our anger, prolong, we need to repent and let God restore our joy. Jesus said that this is one of the two important commandments, quote, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. When we love, it does not mean we will not be disappointed by people. Yes, we may be disappointed, but we have to bear with other people. In fact, if you love other people, you will be disappointed. You have to be disappointed because they're not perfect. And you've got to want the best for them. So if they don't perform like they could, you're disappointed. God's disappointed in us. But God doesn't condemn us. He doesn't blow us off. He doesn't reject us. He doesn't hold bitterness against us. And we need to do the same for other people. We need to put up with other people's faults, differences, and quirks. It means showing compassion, love, tolerance, gentleness, and patience. It also means not committing every time someone does something wrong. You know, not commenting. Some people, you know, they're so sarcastic, they, they just sarcastically talk or under their breath. I mean, my goodness. That's very irritating. It's very disappointing. It's very discouraging. It's very even depressing. Can we operate with the joy of the Lord? Can we forgive? Can we love? Can we have compassion? Can we be tolerant? Can we be patient? As I conclude, may I draw your attention to the portion of the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13.3. Quote, And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not love, it profits me nothing. All we do by the grace of and through the mercy ministry, we must do all because of the love of God. And the love God has bestowed upon us in while we were yet sinners, God sent His Son to die for us while we were yet sinners, while we were His enemies. He gave us His most important possession. His enemies! He gave His enemies His most important possession, eternal life, if they would receive His Son as Lord and Savior. But to do that, His son had to die, had to suffer. We couldn't earn our way. God had to give it, and he gave it. All we could do is receive it and repent. God sent his son to die for us. May we live to please El Shaddai by his grace, mercy, forgiveness, and crown it all with love. Again, I preached it. The notes came from Pastor Tobias. Now, this is my portion of the article. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them were the words spoken by Jesus as he was hanging and dying on the cross. The Romans who crucified him and the religious leaders who encouraged Pilate to pronounce his death sentence were present at the crucifixion site. Jesus' enemies heard him pray to God to forgive them. Jesus' words seem to sum up what a Christian's attitude is supposed to be. I hope we're really focused on the cross. Father, forgive them. Some people have a hard time forgiving their friend. What about days of spitting in your face, torturing you, whipping you, stripping naked you, hanging you on a cross? Just think what your attitude might be. I know what it should be, but that doesn't mean it is. Because I just watch people who get upset with a friend. Not yet an enemy! Jesus' words seem to sum up what a Christian's attitude is supposed to be. Luke 23, 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots so picture it here's the cross here's his enemies here's the religious leaders all around watching him humiliating him teasing him mocking him and jesus says father forgive them these are his enemies russell bradley jones author of the book gold from golgotha states quote this prayer is not a request for a blanket pardon or cancellation of the penalty of all sins of all those who were at the cross. So catch it. It's not a blanket pardon. But it is, as I will explain, a postponement of justice. Postponement. So mercy and grace can be there, so one can repent and not be eternally damned. No, instead it's a statement showing the grace of God. Because of the love of God that Jesus had even for his enemies that tortured him and were killing him at that very moment. This is the love we're supposed to extend to others because of grace. Are you with me? This is the love we're supposed to extend to others. Certainly to friends and family, but these are your enemies. Now this is the personality and attitude a Christian is supposed to have. Quote, also, such a request would have been inconsistent with divine justice and human free agency, unquote, for a blanket pardon. It's not a blanket pardon. It's a postponement in hopes that a person will repent. Jesus never granted pardon except to individuals on a petition of faith. Just as he did to the thief on the cross who repented to Christ. Jesus told him, today you will be with me in paradise. Why? Because he repented and accepted him as Lord and Savior. Jesus has never granted a mass pardon to a crowd of non repented sinners, regardless of their ignorance or guilt, but neither does he hate them or want vengeance on them. We're not supposed to hate our enemies and there are enemies out there coming against the church today and it's only going to increase but we're not supposed to hate them. Jesus loves them and wants them to repent before they die so they can avoid eternal judgment which is the part of justice of God that hates sin. God hates sin. There will be eternal justice if you don't repent before you die. There will be eternal judgment. He has to. It's the grace of God that when we sin, when we've had so many warnings, and we know what sin is, and we know what we're doing is wrong, and yet we live, that's the grace of God that He doesn't just strike you dead on the spot. What is the grace of God? That He still gives you time. Jesus loves them. He wants them to repent before they die so they can avoid eternal judgment which is the part of justice of God that hates sin. God is just. If we don't repent before we die, we have eternal judgment, and there is no mercy anymore. It's over. After death, there is no more. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's over. They've had a lifetime to respond to the grace of God and repent. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1 and other places, that all men have an opportunity to know Him and follow Him. All men do. Jesus is basically saying, quote, Father, give them a chance to repent. Do not allow your angels to destroy them right now to save your son. Jesus was requesting that condemnation of their sin be held in abeyance until they might know the true meaning of what they are doing. It was not a request for cancellation of the consequences of guilt, but a request for the postponement of the consequences. People who know and deliberately sin, they think God is overlooking it. He is not. He's giving you grace to repent before you die, and then there will be hell and no more mercy. It's a postponement for eternal death. A postponement. The people present were amazed by Jesus' prayer as they knew far too little about forgiveness of injuries. As Jones writes, "Quote The Romans worshipped revenge as a god. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, blood for blood was part of a Hebrew ethics. Even though grace, mercy, and forgiveness are throughout the Old Testament, these purely religious people who were not really following God in their heart, used only portions of the Scripture to live by. They cherry-picked. They picked portions. Not in context. This is how Christians do it today. They cherry-pick. God said this, yeah, and He also said this. They use these cherry-picked Scriptures such as an eye for an eye to penalize their enemies. This is not the attitude of a true follower of God. Instead, as Moses pleaded to God, do not destroy them. That's mercy and grace. God did not destroy King David with premeditated adultery and murder. The law said kill him, stone him. All through the Old Testament, there are cities of refuge for mercy and grace. They wanted Jesus to stone the woman caught in adultery. All through the Old Testament, <coughs> mercy and grace is given. As an example, so they're cherry-picking these specific scriptures out of context to condemn their enemies. My definition of grace is time-given. When the Spirit's in the body to judge yourself according to the scriptures. When the Spirit leaves the body, grace is over. And now God, Jesus, judges you according to the Word of God. Time given when the spirit's in the body to judge yourself. We can all judge ourselves. Again, if if Jesus, without grace, just judged us when we deliberately sin, probably nobody here would be in this room. You'd be in hell. Fried alive like crispy critters. You'd be worse than French fries under a bonfire. Acts 20:32. So now, my brethren, I commend you to God and by the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I commend you to God and the word of his grace. Grace, grace is all through the word of God. All through the word of God is grace. King David understood that. Let God judge me. Because the law, the Mosaic law, said kill him. David was an adulterer. He was a murderer. This shows you, you know, I don't think anybody in this room has committed premeditated murder. And so if God can forgive David, he can forgive you. But David wasn't a fool. He knew he needed to repent. Or he knew God would judge him anyway, because God cannot tolerate sin. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. God understands us. God became man. He understands us. Wow. People say, you know, you have to walk in my shoes. God walked in your shoes. Oh, God doesn't understand. You don't understand. You have never been tortured and maligned and rejected and hung on a cross like he was. Your piddly little problems with friends and foe that sometimes you have a hard time repenting and forgiving. Don't tell me God doesn't understand. You don't understand God's personality or the character of God, which we're supposed to be. We haven't put on the full armor or walk in that measure of faith. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, self-control. This is the character of a Christian. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but in all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We go boldly to Christ, don't we? You might be afraid to go boldly to your friend or your spouse or your enemy, but you don't have a problem going boldly to Christ. Thank God, because you know He doesn't condemn you. But that's how we're supposed to be without condemnation to others. The way you go to God, others are supposed to be able to come to us and say, sorry, that they may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. 1 Peter 4, 8, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Hey, did you hear me? love covers a multitude of sins i know sharon and dan dan's with the lord right now but i'll guarantee you they understood love covers a multitude of sins that's why they were together for such a long time love covers a multitude of sins love covers it it's like he never did it galatians 5 to 24 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control against there's no law. What is law? Sin and death. When you exhibit these things, there is no sin. You don't have sin. And those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Meaning now, every time we mess up, we say, sorry, God and we're white and clean again because he doesn't condemn us. Man, I wish people did this. Quit condemning. Forgive. Mercy, grace, and love is supposed to be the personality, the attitude, and the characteristic of followers of Jesus Christ. Let us truly represent our Lord so Jesus can be seen through us on earth, and salvation and restoration can be part of our daily lives. May God Bless each one of us. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching this, again, the Warning Television program, my website, worldministries.org. First of all, I'm concerned for your salvation. If you don't know this Jesus, if you want your sins forgiven, if you're all confused and depressed, just say, God, forgive me. The Word of God says He will, right now. He's not like other people. He'll forgive you. Telephone 360-629-5248. We'll send you Christian literature. We'll be glad to pray with you. But if you mean what I just said in your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming right now to reside, and now you start to follow Him. We do need your help. This program costs money. So again, worldministries.org, worldministries.org, you can give, or 360-629-5248, and you can give. But we do need your help to stay on this local television, radio station. Let God's personality be in you. Remember the words, Father, forgive them. God bless you.
1: Shannon? Dr. Hanson, another stellar broadcast. I so enjoy being here with you every Friday. And folks, I hope you will encourage friends to begin to join us same time every week for more. Dr. Hanson, also, you have a book called The Science of Judgment. Is that still available? Yes, the science of judgment, definitely. I encourage people to go to his website, worldministries.org, order a copy of that book, get on the mailing list, and support the work of Dr. Hansen and World Ministries International. My friend, would you like to close this in prayer?
2: Yes, Shannon, and let me just give a little teaser for next week. I'm going to be speaking on altars, and I'll read you the first paragraph says all throughout recorded history altars have been erected and used by what one would consider pagans, christians, jews and other religions. Altars can be good but they can also be bad depending on what they are used for. Many human sacrifices have been conducted on altars to appease their so-called gods. Even today sacrifices like abortion is executed to appease a person's lust as they have given themselves over to God slash evil spirits, as they have been elevated themselves to a God to do what is right in their own eyes. Again, these types of deceived individuals sacrifice their own children through neglect and even murder, abortion, to go on pleasing their own immoral appetites. So that is what I'm going to be sharing on next week on this Omega Man radio program, Shannon.
1: Oh, that's going to be a good subject. I'm looking forward to that one. Oh, yeah. Folks, if you have been missing this program, you need to get caught up. There are some great stuff happening here every Friday with the warning program. Go to worldministries.org. That reminds me, I've got to link you up with a guy that I've met. His name is Brother Tim Bentz. And speaking of altars, he's got a story that I only recently heard, but it blew me away where the Lord sent him on a special mission down to Jekyll's Island a number of years ago to destroy a Canaanite altar that was under none other than the house that Rockefeller built where they, you know, some hundred years ago, they created the Federal Reserve. And that was just the tip of the iceberg. Speaking of altars, there's something here that we need to pursue. And I'm looking forward to that program that you're doing next week on this subject. It's going to be good. Oh, wow. Father God, thank Uh, you so
2: much for this program I thank you for my friend Shannon Davis, dear God, for all he is doing, all he is doing. He has put his life as a living sacrifice on the altar. He's willing to live wherever you lead him. Right now in Bali, Indonesia. Bless him, bless him. I know there are altars all through Indonesia as they worship other gods. Altars where demons reside. So bless Shannon. Protect him. Bless this warning program. Let us continue to go forth with power and authority to get your gospel out so we can lay our own lives as a sacrifice on the altar of Jesus Christ so we can faithfully proclaim the gospel. Set the captives free. Give hope to the hopeless. Bring deliverance to those in bondage. Again, Father God, let people that tune into these programs become warriors, warriors. We need another great awakening. We need true men and women walking with revival. It's within them. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. I receive that. Thank you, Dr. Hanson. I love you all. Thank you for this opportunity to work with you. We'll see you next week. God bless you.
2: Now, here is my friend, Scott Farah, and he's going to help you with your business. Scott.
5: Jesus teaches us that we should never do anything without making a plan first. Most small business owners fail to follow this biblical principle and do not have a written plan for where they want to be in one year, three years, five years. Yet every large business has a written plan. Many who wish to start their own businesses do not develop a plan first. First. This is one of the major reasons that 80% of all small businesses fail within the first five years. God worked through me to develop a unique educational program for business people. Quite frankly, this program has changed people's lives. If you currently own a business or if you're thinking about going into business for yourself, you need the independence program. Visit our website, independenceprogram.training, and if you choose to purchase this unique educational program, make sure that you use promo code WMI. It will give you a 5% discount.
4: So if what you have just heard resonates with you, and if you care and you want to be an unsung hero, I implore you, please take a few seconds to call us today and leave a message with a short prayer for us. Because we need to know that you are with us and care enough to be part of the spark with us so that together we can move God to send a great awakening that can reverse the inevitability of God's coming judgment, according to what God spoke in Jeremiah 18, 7 and 8. We believe that if you joined hands with us, together we can save America from certain catastrophic judgment. So call now, okay? Dial 360 629 5248 and say a short prayer for us in your message and leave your phone number too okay so one more time 3606295248 thank you and god bless